I felt like, you know, from a, a culture standpoint, hey, here's an opportunity to create the culture that's going to service the communities and the way that we desire and really help people and, and bring some value and be a solution in, in whatever way that we potentially could. And uh, that was really the, the impetus behind starting the agency. Welcome to Declaration of Independence on Agency Nation Radio, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. Stories that helped to make them the professionals that they are today. From Main Street USA to the pages of Independent Agent Magazine, brought to you exclusively by Agency Nation Radio. On this episode of Agency Nation Radio, we're joined by Rod Powell. He grew up cutting records and touring as an R&B artist. But by the time he reached his 30s, he was looking for a more stable career. And instead of making his mark on the music scene, he broke into insurance. I said, man, you know, this this actually sounds like, you know, something that, that not only I could do, but something that I would enjoy doing. And uh, lo and behold, you know, it went from, you know, just something on the side to a passion and ultimately, you know, to a purpose. After learning his trade in claims and benefits, Rod started Encore Insurance in 2022. It specializes in voluntary benefits and enrollment communication services, but the agency renders the gamut from commercial property and casualty to life and retirement solutions. Rod, thanks for joining us. You had a slightly more unusual journey into the insurance industry. Can you tell us how you got started in insurance and how you got to where you are now? Well, I'm going into my 12th year in the industry. So I've been in the business 11 years as of October of 2023. And actually, I think I, I came across the industry like most people do, you know, by, by accident. I never thought about being inside of the industry from the time I was 13 years old. I thought I was going to be an R&B singer. You know, I grew up, you know, cutting records. I was I was touring as an artist. I'd had some great experiences there. Um, as I got into my early 30s and I had a family, I was looking for ways to kind of manage that, but also be more stable on the home front. Um, I was presented an opportunity via a, a call I got from a recruiter uh, to work with a company on the worksite benefits side uh, of the industry and just learning more about it. Um, I said, man, you know, this actually sounds like, you know, something that that not only I could do, but something that I would enjoy doing. And uh, lo and behold, you know, it went from, you know, just something on the, on the side to, uh, you know, to a passion and, and ultimately you know, to a purpose. So given that purpose and passion, what made you want to start an agency? That's a question I ask myself every day, you know. Um, actually, uh, my partner and I uh, were having a conversation about, you know, how we wished agents treated people, how we would be if, if we had an agency. He's on the real estate side of the business. And, uh, you know, the, the outcome was, hey, you know, why don't we just you know, start an agency, you know, up until that point, I had worked with other organizations, either as a as a contractor or as a W2 employee on the corporate side. And I felt like, you know, from a, a culture standpoint, hey, here's an opportunity to uh, create the culture that's going to service the communities and the way that we desire and really help people and bring some value and be a solution in, in whatever way that we potentially could. And uh, that was really the, the impetus behind starting the agency. You certainly picked an interesting time to start a business. Given the hard market, what are some of the challenges you face when getting the business up and running and then growing it? 
I think, you know, for, for me, um, which I had a lot of, of help and support with this, but really getting, even though I've been PNC licensed for some time, it was, you know, kind of getting acclimated to that space, really coming heavily from the benefits world um, and, and starting to implement it into my business. I think challenges exist. The same challenges that exist for me are the challenges that may exist for everyone else. And that's um, making sure that, you know, you're marketing properly and, and, and you got enough business coming in, you know, you, you're, you're supporting, you know, the needs of the people that you have working for you and you're continuing to grow as a company and organization with the right solutions and partnerships. I think those are the, the, the key challenges, you know, that that we have. And I would think that, you know, others are experiencing that you mentioned the hard market. So, I mean, you know, personal lines, you meant, look, when I said what we did, I did not mention personal lines because that, that, that has been a tough one for us. Although we have, we have solutions to help, but, um, you know, really, I think that finding ways to pivot, you know, I don't know if that's more of a challenge or an opportunity, but finding ways to pivot and expand, we're finding new software and technology that can help us to reach more people faster and make, make coverage more accessible and easier. Um, so I, I think, yes, there's been some challenges, but inside of those challenges are also opportunities. Now, you mentioned your music career. What are some of the transferable skills between that and being an independent agent? Uh, it has a lot in common, actually. One of the, the best quotes that I ever got from one of my insurance mentors was, you're not in the insurance business, you're in the people business, you know? And uh, that rings true in any industry. So with, you know, my, my time in music, which on the surface sometimes seems you know, fairly glamorous from the outside in, you know, there's a lot of lessons, you know, that were taught that that carry over and that translate. One is relationship building. Uh, another is networking, obviously being able to uh, present, you know, voted well because I was comfortable on, on stage after a time in that space. Um, being able to have fortitude, you know, calling. I mean, when I, I was an independent artist as well, so you're, you know, you're calling stores to get them to carry your product. You're calling radio stations. You're calling video channels. You're touring around sometimes at your own expense, you know, to 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 find different opportunities or to chase a promoter around. And you're, you know, late nights, early mornings. I mean, all of the work ethic and discipline that's required, you know, to have a successful insurance career is the same thing that's required to have a, a career as a as a touring artist or, or a musician and, and the musicians who listen to this will know exactly what I'm talking about if they spend any time as, as a professional musician. Um, a lot of those soft skills carry over. Technical skills, you got to learn technical stuff when you get to insurance, but but the soft skills, you know, mindset, that all carried over. Actually, it helped, it helped me because the, when, when I was new in the industry, working on 100% commission, um, which I still do as an independent, you know, um, when I was working on 100% on commission, I was not intimidated by that because as an artist, I was on 100% commission going getting paid for shows, getting paid for music. So it wasn't it wasn't really a a disc there wasn't a disconnect there and other environments that people may have found difficult to be in, I didn't find difficult cuz I was used to the amount that amount of pressure, I guess. You know, and that helped me a lot. That helped me survive. That helped me, you know, last my first, you know, two, three years. But your creative streak didn't stop when you entered insurance. You're the author of two books. What are they about and why did you decide to write them? You know, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about You Should Get a License as a book because I do spend a lot of time talking about Black pioneers of the American insurance industry, which I'll also, you know, speak to as well. And it's very important. 
and an interesting story how that book came to fruition. But the You Should Get a License book, I actually started writing earlier. Um, I host a podcast. It's called You Should Get a License. It's a media platform as well um, on TikTok and Instagram and, and LinkedIn. And we highlight professionals in different market segments in the industry. And uh, the objective is to give real stories and really show you know, the power of the most underrated industry in business today. So I took, you know, those conversations, some of those conversations combined with, you know, independent research that I had done combined with some of my own personal experiences. And I put together basically a compendium of, you know, all things and all things insurance, but I put it together in such a way where, you know, it's really an easy read. I mean, I would think that an eighth grader could read it and understand it. And uh, there are really two reasons behind it. One, there's a lot of professionals that work inside of the space that really don't know about this industry. Um, even for me, my first experience with the insurance industry is back in 2005 as a working as a claims adjuster, but I didn't even think about it as being in the insurance industry. It wasn't until, you know, this iteration starting in 2012 that I really embraced that it was actually insurance. So I think there's a lot of professionals in the space that meet, that really should know about the industry that they're working in. And I also think that there's a lot of consumers out there that have misconceptions about the industry. So I wanted to talk about the history you know, of the industry, like where it came from with mutual aid societies, fraternal benefit associations, all the way up to uh, the Philadelphia contribution chip, you know, with uh, Benjamin Franklin and, uh, you know, how life insurance, you know, really was conceived in the country and health insurance and really just kind of taking you through the journey of what this industry means. I also wanted to break down um, what the market segments look like. What's the difference between PNC and life and health? When I was on the benefit side heavy, people would always ask me, can you do my car too? And I'm like, look, these are completely different conversations. They have nothing to do with one another. So I wanted to uh, give that breakdown as well. And then I wanted to create, put some resources in there that people who were in the industry could turn to and find solutions. So we got a listing of all the magazines, all the trade associations, all the websites, all the resources that are inside of the You Should Get a License book. So it is a book for professionals in the space who want to know about the industry they're working in, individuals who don't work in the space that are just curious about what is the insurance industry, since I do believe it's the socioeconomic cornerstone of this country. And uh, it's also for, it's a great tool for teachers to use with students too. Like if you wanna teach someone about this industry, then uh, it, it is a phenomenal piece because it's gonna cover everything in a very entertaining way. It's not super technical. It is very approachable and uh, digestible and palatable for, for every appetite. So that's the You Should Get a License book. Okay, it's a book about the most underrated career opportunity. It is an industry today. The Black Pioneers book really came about because I was looking for a book about Black entrepreneurs in finance, uh, particularly financial services and insurance, and I could not find that book. I found books about individuals. I found Black Titan about A.G. Gaston. I found that book. Um, but I could not find something that profiled individuals like John Merrick or William Washington Brown, who built true reformers in Richmond, Virginia, where I'm from. I couldn't find anything outside of a few articles around Ernesto Procope. Um, and I couldn't really find much on Alonzo Hernan, although there is a great book about um, Alonzo Hernan and Atlanta Life Insurance Company is called Guardians of Economic Dignity, which is it's phenomenal. I couldn't find anything that that really kind of summarized these stories. So I said, well, let me just put it together. So it's interesting. I started writing, you should get a license first, but I was detoured and I said, well, let me just put this together real quick because 
I think it's important that this information is is out there. And I just wanted to have something that could seed information. It's not a long book. It's only about 46 pages. So it's really short and brief, but something that could just seed some information and spark some thought, go do some further uh, research, you know, to learn more about contributions of black entrepreneurs in the insurance industry. That was where Black Pioneers came from. And uh, it's, it's definitely been well received. And, you know, it's actually part of a series. There's a couple more books that are coming after that. So on that topic, what could independent agencies do to better serve a more diverse clientele? Agencies have to really take a concentrated approach to educating, you know, versus just selling and, and offering. And I, and I know the great agents, you know, of the world, the good, great ones out there, you know, they're taking time to kind of educate their clients on what those solutions are and why they make sense. But I think it goes to another level as well. And I'll take that from a recruiting and a, and a talent pipeline building is to, you know, share the opportunity to become a stakeholder in the business as well. So there's two pieces that I think are very important, you know, education and opportunity. If it's financial services, you know, there's a lot of agencies that, that have life insurance options and they don't talk about them. You need to talk to people about building generational wealth, about the tax advantages that they can experience uh, in cash value life insurance, how life insurance is a financial vehicle that's a tax-free asset um, as well. These are conversations that we need to have. Uh, we need to make sure that small businesses, you know, understand the importance of that general liability, that professional liability, you know, early on in the game, in their development. And uh, I think agents have to do a better job of, of just more outreach, particularly to the smaller businesses. We all want the big cases. Look, I want them too, you know, but, um, you know, we got to, we got to look at those startups and say, Hey, look, you know, how do we guide you through this process and grow along with you as well? And do you have any advice for our listeners? Maybe for someone trying to attract more diverse employees or just for someone who's considering a career insurance? If they're considering a career in insurance, I would say, you know, be open-minded and kind of be fluid, you know, because you may start in one area and uh, you might find that, okay, this isn't the way I'm supposed to go, but it doesn't mean the industry doesn't have a place for you uh, because the industry really has a place for everybody. But um, be fluid, be flexible in your approach and in your career development. Um, be open to new experiences. Find someone that you can learn from. And if you're a new independent agent, you know, make sure that you're focused on learning before you're focused on, you know, trying to generate revenue and generate money. Because the reality is, you know, um, well, we have E&O insurance, but we don't want to use it, you know, so pay attention to, to you making sure that you shore up your education, you know, on what you're speaking to. And if you can find a good mentor or you can find a, someone who can sponsor you, or even if you can maybe find a company to start with first and then branch out uh, on your own. Those are the things that, that, that I would give for those agencies that are looking for people that are, that are looking to hire people um, and, and maybe don't have a diverse talent pool or don't know where to find them. I'm going to tell you, you know, you, you got to go out and look, you got to go into those communities, go to the HBCUs and find those business students because there are some sharp minds out there. They just don't know this industry existed. I did not know that this industry existed until I was 33 years old. You know what I mean? I mean, what, what, what would have happened had someone told me about it in 2021? I don't know. We'll never know, but there's someone else out there who can get that opportunity. So go find them. And a few years ago, you started the National African-American Insurance Association's Central Virginia chapter. How important has that organization been to your journey? Oh man, for me as an African-American professional in the insurance industry, Maya has been man a rock in, in my 
personal and professional development, increasing my networks and everything else. Um, once again, I mentioned when I mentioned earlier, when I decided to go independent, we were able to you know, get our initial carrier appointments and establish some key relationships early on, even before we had one policy written. That was really due to relationships I had with Anaya. You know, that's really what what supported that. You know, my work with Anaya is what got me more interested in researching, you know, black contributions in this industry. So the, the Black Pioneers of the American Insurance Industry book wouldn't exist, you know, if it wasn't for my involvement with NIA. Uh, there are some other projects that are coming down the pipe um, that are going to expand upon, you know, what we talked about in that book and really, you know, speaking more to the entire experience of, uh, of black people uh, in the insurance industry as both business business owners, uh, employees and consumers, you know, that's a, that's a result of my work with Naya, uh, many friends, many colleagues. I don't know if I can, can give enough credit, you know, to what Naya has done, you know, in my career in the, in the short amount of time that I've been a member, I didn't join Naya until, uh, early 2021, you know, I had known about the organization a little bit longer, but uh, I didn't join Naya until early 2021 and helped to start the chapter in central Virginia, uh, right off the right out of the gate you know i've got to come into the organization um so i would encourage listen here, two things one i know agency owners are listening to this conversation um if you're not engaged with naya and, and you don't have to be african-american you just have to believe in a diverse industry you just have to believe that this industry should reflect you know the people it serves um and 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 help to create equitable experiences um you should you should participate in NIA. If you have employees, you know, that are uh underrepresented in the industry, you know, which African Americans are, and there's 2.9 million professionals, only about well, on a high end 12%, on a low end 7% African Americans. When you talk about agency managers, principals, executives, you're down to 3%. You know, so if you have staff, put them in the NIA uh circle, you know, pay for their membership. It's only $150 a year. I mean, pay for their membership and uh, send them to a conference, send them to some of the events and uh, it'll open their world. It'll help them professionally. It'll help them to to be better inside of the agencies that they're working in. And I think NIA is one of those organizations that for me and my experience, you know, really helps me to to take more ownership, you know, of, of my participation and the role I play in this industry. And I think it does the same for all of the other members as well. Okay, we're almost out of time. But lastly, what's next for you in Encore Insurance? We run the independent agency now, but once again, the independent agency is a means to provide greater value, right, um, to, to those we wish to serve. So as we continue to expand, you know, I think that our mission is going to uh, be to find whatever way makes sense for us at that time. It could be continuing and growing the independent agency. It could be merging with other independent agencies. Um, it could be acquiring some other independent agencies. It could be, you know, merging into some other entities or moving into some other spaces. I'm flexible, you know, to that path as well. But I think at the end of the day, the overall mission is to add value wherever we can and add value to this industry and, and build a legacy that is positively represented, you know, when we're no longer present. This is Declaration of Independence. I'm Will Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Independent Agent Magazine the monthly deep dive into the IA channel, available in print and online at iamagazine.com and free to all Big Eye members. If you know of an all-star agent or agency you feel should be featured in Declaration of Independence, send an email to iamag at iiaba.net. 
Declaration of Independence is a podcast on Agency Nation Radio, powered by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice.